Welcome to the Statement Makers Podcast, where we hear from everyday people like you and me who have overcome the odds and are doing extraordinary things to make their communities and the world a better place to live. We hope you enjoy our conversation, get inspired, and become a Statement Maker. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Statement Makers podcast. I'm Karen Vergara, and today we have a very special guest, Lisette Ballarino. Ten years ago, I didn't know Lisette, and she didn't know me, but her actions actually made a huge difference in my life. And now that we've known each other for about a decade, I'm so happy that she has agreed to be in our podcast and will be sharing more of her story with us. Lisette was born in Puerto Rico and graduated with a degree in elementary education while living in Venezuela. She later moved to Orlando, Florida and worked under various local mayors and has continuously served her community through her roles in government and in local arts organizations. However, the most impressive contribution to her community is as the founder of the Hispanic Heritage Scholarship Fund of Metro Orlando in the year 2000. To date, this organization has awarded over $1.6 million to 340 students, and I happen to be one of those students. I actually received two scholarships back in 2009 and 2011, and it was thanks to Lisette's efforts that I became a proud scholarship recipient of this wonderful organization. Lisette embodies the term servant leader, and I am thrilled to have her as a guest of the Statement Makers podcast. Lisette, welcome. Thank you, although I'm speechless now. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great introduction, but that's it all true. Extraordinary. I was wondering what a nice person that is. Who is it? <laughs> that's you. That's you, Lisette. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, and I'm, I'm very glad to be here with you today. Oh, well, thanks so much for joining us. So Lisette, just kind of just start by answering the big question. Why did you decide it was a good idea to start a scholarship fund? Because you actually were trying to help your daughter through the financial aid process. And while doing so, you kind of realized there was a problem. Yes. And, and, and I could say that there are many, many different pieces to that story. But that is basically it. While I'm working with my daughter, helping her um, complete ap applications, I realized that these things are not easy to do. Not easy at all. And I was able to help my daughter because I spoke the language. I knew the system. I knew what was needed and where to go. So I wondered what happens to, to those students whose parents are not able to help them. How easy is it for them or how difficult is it for them to go through the process? And does that, does that stop them from going one step further in, in achieving their goal? So I thought, well, if there's an opportunity, I'd like to be able to, to do something. And the, the opportunity did come about because I, at the time I was working with one of the, um, the county mayors, I was assistant to uh, former mayor Mel Martinez. As, as his assistant, I headed a group of Hispanic employees and developed a series of, of entertaining events to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. So we did an event and we collected some, some monies in the event, but because we were not an, a 501c3, we were not a nonprofit organization, we were county employees, we could not keep that money. 
So we were wondering, what do we do? You know, it's a small, a small amount. So I suggested putting it into a scholarship uh, fund. And meet, I met up with the um, Hispanic Chamber of Commerce who had a similar program that they had not really been able to go, you know, full force on. And so we talked about it, got together, and we said, well, why don't we combine? We'll give you this as a seed money, and you help us develop the, the program. So with their support, and my goodness, they their, their support was extraordinary to this day. I will always be grateful, eternally grateful. And the, the employees at Orange County um, helping me, we were able to, to do our very first scholarship award ceremony in 2001. Our very first scholarship fundraiser was in 2000. We'd be celebrating our 20th anniversary this year. And the very first group was in 2001. So Lisette, you mentioned you had a group of people that kind of came around and helped you create the scholarship foundation. How did you know to identify those individuals that were able to help execute this idea that you had? Well, I had been working in the community for quite a while. Um, as I said, I, I was part of the, um, the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I was on the board of the chamber um, for several years, and and I was heading this organization in in, in Orange County. So I had a, a little bit of insight on on who the key players were, and there were many. But fortunately, I approached several people, and they were the first ones to jump on board and say, "Oh yeah." Count on me, I'll help you out. And that's what you need. The first thing that you need is the one that steps up and says, I'm here, what do you need? And so in that way, I was able to get the first group of people. It wasn't even a board, just a group of people that got together um, and talked about what I could do. And I, it, it was kind of a two way. The county employees, because they were county employees, they were kind of limited in the, the amount of assistance they could give me. But whatever I needed, they were there to provide me and guide me and give their, their suggestions or recommendations. The Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and the members of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce that I contacted and, and got together with uh, were crucial because they were accustomed to putting things together. They were used to that. So they were the ones who, who helped me structure what became the Hispanic Heritage Scholarship. They, they were the base, the foundation, and, and gave it structure. And I think that's so important because you mentioned it's like identifying the key players, people that will come around and say, oh, that's a great idea, but let's actually put it to work. Let's actually put ourselves to work and make it happen. Did you find any obstacles while you were doing that? Can't imagine that it was all smooth sailing and you just said, okay, we're gonna get this started. And everyone came around and said, all right, let's get it happening. What were some of those obstacles that you encountered as you started the uh, scholarship fund? Well, I guess, you know, they, like in any organization, the first obstacle that you find is a financial obstacle. We had nothing except for that little pot of money, right? But we had to build on it in order to provide reasonable and substantive scholarships for these students. So so the the first obstacle was the, with the finance, as I was saying. So the most difficult thing was going, who do I approach? Who do I ask for money? And I'm not accustomed to going and asking people for money. How do I do this? It, it was a, a bit of a challenge. But then I realized that those key players that I, that I knew, 
were people who knew people. So I talked to them and asked them, who do you think I should call? Who do you think I should talk to? Can you connect me with that person? And bingo, that was it. One of the very first was Linda Gonzalez, and she came on board immediately. And at that time, I hesitate to say where she was working, but she was working with a top organization, and she brought them on board immediately. So that, you know, kind of helped out. The second person who was for us the, incredibly important for the, the organization and continues to be was Betty Lowry, Betty Martinez Lowry. And Betty introduced me to her boss at Disney. And we had lunch, we talked, I told him about the, 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 the fund and our ideas. And finishing the lunch, he said, okay, tell me what you need, I'll be there. Well, and, and again, it goes back to talking about the power of connecting and sometimes just asking the question, can you help? And it might not be like, well, I might not be able to help, but I can connect you to someone that could. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's wonderful. Lisette, I, I just remembered when I received the scholarship, I felt just validated. You know, my parents couldn't help me with my college expenses. So I relied on scholarships and working to pay for my education. So for me, it was just incredible to know that there was a group of strangers that believed in my education and thought that based on my grades and my community involvement and just my story that I was worth investing in. Did you know that that was the type of impact that you would have on others when you were starting this? Oh, yes. Uh, actually, you said the word story. It is the story that sells the program. It's a story. What kind of sacrifices, what kind of um, obstacles, what, what kind of efforts has this student put into obtaining their, their education, into completing an education? When you go to someone and tell them the story, they're sold immediately. They know because they understand it. A lot of people relate to it because they went through it and had nobody to help them. So giving a person an opportunity to help someone else, that's also a very important part of it. When you say, okay, and I always, I always said, this is not, don't consider this a sponsorship. This is an investment because these students are going to come back into our community and they're going to be our lawyers. They're going to be our investment advisors. They are going to be our, our doctors. So. It was it was a matter of of telling the story and and selling that product, if you may call it, uh, to them. And it it was pretty easy sell. I, I'm still connected to the scholarship uh, fund, and I continue to hear about these wonderful stories after stories. And it just like seems like every year these recipients just get more and more impressive. Do you have some stories that you just love? What are like your favorite? scholarship recipient stories that you have? There are bits and pieces of stories that I've heard along the way. A young woman who was the daughter of migrant workers and that she had two younger siblings. She was the eldest. Uh, they, they went to school because the father insisted that they had to have an education. But before they went to school, they helped their parents out in the field you know, before they, they, it was time for them to go to school. When they got back from school, she had to go home, take care of the kids, but also 
make sure that you you know if there was a need and their parents were going to work late they would go out to the field and help the parents and in all of this she is continuing her education going through high school going through and got into college today she is an attorney and has her own law firm wow her younger sister when they're the second one that came right behind her just graduated from college last year and um, the, the youngest one is, as I believe, is in college already. I mean, that, that to me was, was stunning and impressive. And I've, I've watched her career along the way to, and seeing that. One really impressive one, and, and that, that kind of all had us in tears, was a young man who um, escaped from Cuba, or tried to escape from Cuba, on a, leaving on a raft. But on his way to the beach, the police was notified, apparently found out that they were that they were escaping and showed up on the beach. And there was a lot of um, shooting going back and forth. He was hit in the leg and eventually lost his leg. He lost the leg. Wow. But he didn't give up. He was he was in jail for about four years. And then after they, they, they were, he got out of jail. He did it again. <laughs> he did it all over again, but this time he managed to get to Miami. And um, and then from Miami, he came towards Central Florida. And he was studying. Then this this was he was a young man when he first started, but when he reached us, he was in his mid forties. Wow! In his mid forties, and he was still studying, but um, but completing his education, and he was able to complete his college education. And return to Miami. So you know these are they're incredible tales, right? Yeah, incredible stories. And I think it, there is something to say about the pursuit for knowledge and education. How important would you say education is, and how can everyday citizens play a part? in ensuring that education continues to be essential in our society. Because just as we share, all these folks, they, they can see the tangible effect that education has. Education is important and it's everything. It's everything. The, the knowledge that you gain through your education, it's what's going to allow you to, to have a place in society that permits you to live. It's not, it's not a matter of being... Um, extremely rich, being a millionaire, being a, anybody could be a millionaire if they play their cards right, right? It's, it's being able to produce, to live comfortably, to take care of your, of your family, to, to have a responsible um, position in society, a responsible role, and play that role and and the self satisfaction i think is is the greatest thing that you achieve in with an education um somebody who has been able to 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 study to read to learn and that's a basic thing is reading right once you learn to read how many doors open up for you what is out there that you have never even imagined is and it, it's there for you if you are able to do that because you were able to read. And so, so it, it's the, the basic, the basic of, of, a, of a society. And I think, how can we, how can everybody help? Well, I guess there are different ways. There, 
the financial burden on, on students is, is extraordinary. So whatever a person can give in terms of, of financial assistance is greatly valuable through programs such as ours as, as a Hispanic scholarship, but there are many others. There are many other different programs. And whatever appeals to your heart, then, then that's where you should be. If there is an opportunity to mentor, that is extremely important because it is that holding the hand, providing advice that's going to lead someone to their success. Um, and, and that doesn't cost much, that doesn't cost anything, a little bit of your time, um, sitting down and listening patiently, offering advice out of things that are your everyday life, the things that you already know because you've lived them. That, that doesn't cost, it's not a financial burden. Yeah, I can certainly say that if it hadn't been for the people, like mentors that just offered advice at times where I needed that, I wouldn't be where I am today. So sometimes we think that we need to invest in, you know, with money or with a lot of our time, but maybe sometimes it's just connecting with a student and now with LinkedIn and all these different platforms available, you can connect with people that could really use some guidance because they don't have a role model. They don't have anyone that has been in their shoes before, at least they haven't seen anyone that has been in their shoes before and it can really make a difference. So I, I think that's, that's great advice. Lisette, Lisette, you are obviously super passionate about education, but you're also really passionate about the arts, including ballet. Why do you think it's important for us as everyday citizens to be involved in volunteering areas or organizations that we're really passionate about? Well, we all have different passions. We all have different passions. And, and um, our, the organizations that are out there helping our community develop um, are there precisely for us. When I came, when I, when I arrived in Orlando many years ago, 32 years ago this year, um, I, I brought my children, I had, we had nothing. I mean, we, we, were, we started from scratch, but I had two small children. And my husband and I decided that we were going to do whatever it took to make sure that the community that we were living in was the community that we wanted our children to grow up in. And so we needed to give back. We needed to participate. We needed to be visible and, and productive within the community. What could we do? So, and each person has, has a special talent. Everybody has some type of talent or some type of inclination that, that you can use to give back. Maybe you cook, maybe you sew. Maybe you sing, you know, may, maybe you're really good at dealing with children. Um, everyone has something that they can, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make this community the best community for my children. And, and so, you know, I, I well, there was this one way is I love the arts. And, and I realized that if, if you love something and you, you know, you, you, you give it your everything, it's easy to do. So I decided that I was going to to do the best I could to support them. I couldn't give a lot. I didn't have a lot of money. I, I was, you know, struggling myself, but I'm a really good volunteer. 
So if there was something that I could volunteer in, I, I, I did that. Um, and, and that's how I started. And that's the way, you know, you, you kind of channel your way in and you don't realize it. But as, as you go through the road, doors start opening and you open one door and you go through it and go to the next door and you go through it. So, you know, I, I think everyone has something to give. And, and you just have to look inside you to see what it is that, that you can give. Exactly. And it's what I kind of want to inspire through this podcast is exactly that, that we can make a difference in our community. And it doesn't mean that we have to have a lot of money or that we have to be business owners or that we have to have all the resources available to us. It just takes a small desire in our hearts to do something good. And like you just said, the doors will open. Exactly. Lisette, what would you say to someone that has identified or a need or a problem in their community, but that just has no idea on how to fix it or where to begin? Begin small. Begin small. You, you, can't, you can't go out in the world and fix the whole world, but you can help your neighbor. You can help your neighborhood association. You can help your children's school. Um, the PTA, uh, the, the, the Glee Club, the, the chorus, the basketball um, team. You start small and you build from there. If you can take care of that and organize that and, 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 um, and work with that, you will find the ways to, to go. It's the same thing as when you begin a career in politics. Everybody wants to start being the president. Well, you can't start by being the president. You've got to start from the bottom. You've got to learn all the little steps going along it so that when it comes your time to maybe compete for, for that position, you'll be prepared, you'll be ready, you'll be knowledgeable, you'll have the tools and the connections. Right. Everything we just talked about, connecting and being prepared for that moment when you can make an impact. Lisette, I am so grateful, not only because you've made an impact in my life and the impact that you've had in so many others. You're obviously an example to all of us of the power of one person to solve a need and the positive effect that you can have in your community. So thank you for all the work you have done and you will continue to do. And uh, thank you so much, Lisette, for sharing your story with us. Thank you, Karen. And, and but let, let me let me add to that that um, the work is not only mine. Um, I have a whole community that has been behind me and has continued. This is like a relay race, and they continue the race. Thank you. Thank you, Lisette. Well, friends, I hope that Lisette's words resonated with you because, as she said. You can begin small and the doors will open so you can make the impact you want in the world. If you like this episode, don't forget to spread the love. Take a screenshot of your phone and share it with someone who you think would like to hear it. And don't forget to tag us on Instagram. Our handle is at Statement Makers Podcast. If you have any comments about the podcast, message me through Instagram or email me at statementmakerspodcast at gmail.com. I hope you join me on our next episode. And remember, 
you already have everything you need to become a statement maker.